across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Parliament's Select Committee on Land Reform, Environment, Mineral Resources and Energy invites interested people and stakeholders to submit written comments on the upgrading of Land Tenor Rights Amendment Bill. The bill seeks to provide for the application for the conversion of land tenor rights into ownership and to provide for application to court by an aggrieved person for appropriate relief. Please send submissions to abawa at parliament.gov.za by the 22nd of March 2021. For more information and to contain copies of the bill, please visit www.parliament.gov.za or contact Mr. Asga Bawa on 083-709-8530. This message is brought to you by the Parliament of South Africa. on SAFM. So it's 10.34 and you're live on The Talking Point and we're continuing the conversation this morning. For this half hour, we're looking at the nationwide shutdown that is taking place at public universities today. And one can certainly see that different parts of the province have heeded this call for uh, the shutdown. And we saw the latest statement coming through from the students' organization making its list of demands very, very clear. Joining me uh, for this half hour is Ishmael Mnesi. He's the spokesperson for the Department of Higher Education. Mr. Mnesi, good morning. Good morning, Kathy, and uh, good morning to the listeners. And uh, also joining our conversation is Dr. Badile Hotla, the former Statistician General of South Africa. Dadile Hotla, good morning. Good morning, uh, and how are you? I realize that uh, you play for both clubs. <laughs> Uh, pirates and uh, uh, sundown. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's such a good way of, it's an interesting way of putting it. I've never heard it that way. <laughs> yes, I was saying now, I mean, uh, when I was asked, I said, but when did you join SAFM? And uh, you left the newsroom Africa anyway. That's uh, fine. Uh, no, no th- thanks, <laughs> Tatelo Hotla. I'm, 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 I'm doing both. I'm doing both for now. So we'll see. Yes. We'll see how long we can keep it up. This, this issue of the nationwide shutdown by the students, of course, is raising very, very important issues around the lack of not just will to truly grapple with the issues that are facing institutions of high learning, but they're also an indication of how long the problem has been allowed to fester for. And Ishmael, I'm going to give you a response, an opportunity in a moment just to um, speak about the response of the department. But perhaps your own reflections on this moment and, and what it means. Well, you know, the leadership of the ANC and many uh, of the uh, liberation movements. All those people have been sponsored for their education. It surprises that uh, they are not conscious uh, to this uh, fact. The student movements from Tabombeji in the 60s, Steve Bigger in the 70s, 1976, uh, 46 years later, of course, uh, the fees must fall, Mm. 2016. Now another five years, we have the same thing. I mean, South Africa is not serious about education. And uh, it's not serious because we see it in the data itself. When you ask uh, priorities, 
priorities are water, sanitation, and the like, not human capability. Mm. Education is a priority number 15. And therefore, we deserve the politicians we have because they are not going to campaign on education. In the middle of 19, uh, 2016, FISMA fall, there was a local government election around the corner. That was not a major campaigning issue. They still campaigned on water and sanitation because we as parents and society, we located this at priority number 15, mm. well below water and sanitation. So there's something sickening about how we are. And for the minister to say, I'm sure he uh, declared this free, as though if he didn't, this problem would have gone away. Mm. It's, it's just disingenuous. So one of the things that I find interesting that you're raising <clears throat> is the extent to which it, it's, it's low down on the list of priorities. How much of that is a reflection of what society is emphasizing in terms of its own needs from its political representatives. Because if political parties felt that, you know, the issue of free education was likely to get them votes, would it not be top of the agenda? It would have been. Mm. Uh, I think we as society, societies always deserve the leaders they have. And the leaders tend to react and respond to that. But it is also very important for leaders to elevate the key issues and boldly do so. Whether they lose an election or not, it doesn't matter. And I think the leadership has been very fearful of that issue. I mean, the, the understanding of education as a cost is completely misplaced. Mm. Because education is an investment. And it gets paid by people who get well-educated, then display, dispense with their skills into the society. And initially, we have to tax high so that uh, education, everybody gets free education. I mean, we also know that uh, people get, I mean, a partial scholarship, partial bursary. Uh, it doesn't help to drive a car on three wheels mm. when it needs four wheels. Mm. Uh, so partial make policies. It's just mind-boggling. Now, students who are knowledge creators are confronted by peacemakers, a matter that should never have arisen. Mm. And someone has lost their life already. Mm. Yeah, that's tragedy. So one of the things that I'm seeing in the statement, um, and Ishmael, this is uh, where you come in from the higher education department last night, and this is where the minister is responding to the full list of demands that have been put forward. Um, by the organizations um, representing the students. So that's the South African <coughs> Union of Students. Is yep. that a lot of the responses are based on the work that is being done through the National Student Financial Aid Scheme. And yet we know that the problems that are being raised by students are broader and don't just affect a particular constituency within the schooling system. Yeah, uh, definitely, um, uh, Kathy. Let, let me also extend my uh, greetings to Dr. Lohota. And um, um, uh, in answering your question, uh, Kathy, uh, the current policy that we have as government that uh, looks at the issues of uh, student funding 
uh, it's, uh, the provisions are made through the National Student Financial Aid Scheme, the NSFAS scheme. And um, this is why in our responses, uh, we subject ourselves um, to the policies um, or the, to the departmental policies or government, uh, or government policies on funding education based on the NSFAS model. Yes, of course, we do acknowledge the fact that um, NSFAS um, covers um, currently about uh, 70% of um, the student population of, of, uh, of applicants. 20% are, you know, the missing middle, which uh, um, they are not covered by NSFAS, and the other percentage, uh, 10% or so, um, they are those that are funding their own education. And uh, we do acknowledge the fact that, um, um, uh, uh, and made a commitment that the education uh, remains our, you know, key priorities uh, area, and we'll have to ensure that uh, deserving students are always supported uh, through higher education. And, um, um, you know, not, uh, you know, underscoring uh, what Dr. Hota has said uh, regarding uh, the priorities uh, of investment in education, but, uh, the, uh, you know, if you look at the state of the nation address uh, that we've been having uh, recently, the issues of education has been highlighted and uh, has been taken amongst, as among the key priority areas. So that shows that uh, there is a commitment um, that we are having as government towards um, education. And uh, Dr. Lohuta would know that uh, as you dealing with uh, other priorities and needs of the society, you also must uh, balance the others. Uh, but that we should, not, we should not do at the expense of others. And uh, with the limited resources that uh, at the disposal of government, um, I believe that um, um, there is uh, progress. You know, in Mr. dealing with the issues yeah. of uh, student funding and, and the crisis uh, that affects uh, students in our, in our country. One of the difficulties that government is facing, Mr. Mnisi, is that this commitment that there is to assist, um, you know, young people of this country when it comes to accessing higher education does not cover the full scope of those who have raised issues. When we saw the 2015 and 2016 protests, the missing middle was one of the big issues that came out of that protest. And the the HEHA Commission came out with different recommendations on how government could possibly re- respond to um, funding models for for students who fell in that group. To date, we still don't have any action of how the problems of the missing middle are going to be responded to. And therefore, when students make a call for everybody to be allowed to register despite their historic debt, the minister's statement last week doesn't respond to that call. And that's why we're still seeing these protests continue. Well, uh, Kathy, uh, firstly, um, if you, you, you look at the Hair Commission uh, recommendations, uh, and particularly the issues of the, the missing middle. And if uh, you have been following uh, our discussions even from 2020 and before then in terms of the funding of that missing uh, category of students, we have always advocated uh, for a, a public-private um, uh, initiative in dealing with this question. And uh, there has been uh, initiatives uh, to this extent that we will report on in relation to work that has been done. And this has now been even been uh, set up by the cabinet decision 
that uh, we should have a comprehensive review of the student funding policy of government, and that must be done urgently. And and therefore, it means that uh, there is that acknowledgement that even though it's a 20% uh, 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 you know, number of, of students that are within that category, we view them as an important sector and, and, and we want to cover them. We are doing great work. In as far as the majority of those is, people is, that is, are not, my, you know, yeah. Uh, sorry, if, uh, can, if, can if I you were in? doing, yes, Hotla, I'll give you, you an you opportunity. Know, the, go, the go for it. The problem is this. Uh, leaving any one student behind is inexcusable. You see, the, the, the people who craft policies appear as though they don't understand the environment of South Africa. Mm particularly as it relates to Miss Middle, and that was my submission to her commission, that uh, you subject the women who largely are victims of this Miss Middle, because theirs is a combination of fun with the husband or man who is not even there. Now you subject the children and uh, the, the, the women to the worst discrimination that a country can ever have, that wants to be gender sensitive because you are subjecting them to a situation that is just simply unbearable. The second thing that I think uh, the policies are so myopic as though it's not created by South Africans who know what the country is. At the university, you have the largest number of racial representation. Mm. And what we have to do to build a nation, you need to use that stadia to build the nation, because those elites, who probably will not be elitist, can come together. The students said fees must fall. They didn't say for whichever race or whoever is rich or poor. They meant that everybody must be in that space. And what the government should have done is to actually ask, what future are you designing new students for us? Mm -hmm. For almost 20 years, if they did that, would not be facing all these racial tensions and like and invested in that space for students to decide what South Africa needs the most. That's where we have the races represented in good numbers and they have the space to think. The rest of the spaces are, are polarized. And we are polarizing the only space and stadia that can bring South Africa together. Mm. And this is where I see a very myopic a government not doing the right thing. And I said this at the Hair Commission. And we are just nitpicking and playing marbles around this very, very crucial mm. issue. Mm. By people who actually went to school through scholarships, you can check all the cabinet ministers that are there. They didn't have the, the means. They were supported by churches, by the United Nations, by everybody. When you listen to what Ishmael Nisi is saying about how the higher education department is responding to um, the problems in the sector right now, in fact, he says they're doing a good job. I mean, is, is, that a, is that a fair comment? No, no, no. It's, it's nonsense. I must say. They, they can't say they are doing a good job when they are leaving uh, 20% out. Nobody must be left out. You cannot say education expensive. Try ignorance, and you'll see the result. Hmm. Try to exclude anyone from education, you'll see the result. Ishma? Well, um, uh, uh, I would always uh, respect uh, the views of Dr. Lhota, but the fact is uh, the statistics 
that we had, uh, you know, in terms of the applications of NSFAS. Um, uh, the demographics indicate that uh, women are in majority, uh, the disabled have been integrated, and uh, and the poor of the poor have been integrated. And we have always acknowledged, we have not shied away from the fact that uh, that 20% is important, and uh, it remains our uh, uh, commitment to make sure that uh, that base is covered. We, we fully agree uh, with the fact that we can't leave any student outside of the system. And we are gradually, um, uh, you know, uh, reviewing the policies, working towards that. And uh, my opening statement, I did indicate the issues of priorities, how high they are, as we currently speak, in the sixth administration in relation to uh, issues of education. And that commitment, Kathy, uh, is, is, is being practicalized. We have seen last week's uh, cabinet decision where, a, a, you know, cabinet made a, a bold statement or decision regarding the funding of the first-year entry students that all of them that have applied and who qualify will be funded. Now, it is a bold a, a statement on its own, and that uh, reprioritization of the funds in the medium-term budget uh, uh, process uh, will be there to make sure that uh, education is funded. And, and, and our commitment to this comprehensive um, review of the education funding, it is a commitment and that, uh, the Hota and, 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 and that we are committed to to ensure that we realize that objective that we're talking about. So, 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 so we, uh, we are not looking at this yeah. only for the poor of the poorest, but we're thinking for all the strators of the society that we need to integrate them, we need to unite our, 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 our nation, and that we can only do if the system covers 100% uh, of its student population. One of the difficulties that you're also facing as the Department of Higher Education is that right now, you need to tell the students of this country something that will make them believe in the commitment of government and most importantly, get to a point where they're willing to end their protest. I'm not convinced that what you have said is it because it doesn't directly respond to some of the issues that have been listed in 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 in. in in that response to their list of demands. Again, the, the fact you know, that... You know, yeah. let me just come in. You know, the, the performance of the higher education is so bad that even children who, the 900,000 that fail to make it, have nothing to aspire for. So we, we don't understand the general uh, deteriorating impact of this ons and offs that are occurring in society. Mm. It becomes so expensive. It, it spawns crime, and crime pays because of the, the million crimes that are committed. Only 13% of those go to prosecution. Mm. So if a, a child who is born sees all these things and sees the failure of the education system and sees the, 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 the success of crime in that no prosecution happens, then they get diverted to crime. So they, 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 it's, it's, we really have to understand this much more comprehensively that as a nation that wants to move, we cannot have this dis dissonance in policy actions. Mm. And it is that which is at the heart of this. And therefore, nitpicking on the NFSAs, that uh, the policy of the NFSAs, that this and that, really is playing marbles. I don't see what is wrong and difficult in saying we'll sponsor all of your children, go students go back to school. Mm, mm. 
and then we'll deal with this nitpicking in the in the in the bedroom. Of course, to try and make yeah. that the reason mm. now, and students are wasting time. Mm. They are not back at school. They are protesting. Lives are being lost. Time is being wasted. In the end, what is the end game? The end game that the students want is finance all of us, mm. Mm. and the government has all the power to do so. Mm. Another issue that is being raised by the students is the kind of resources that have been afforded to TVET colleges and the TVET sector. Uh, Dr. Lahutla, just talk to me about that sector and why it has been neglected for so long. And, and we'll get Ishmael to respond TVET as were well. destroyed. The nature of TVET in the apartheid regime was that ESCOM was the quality manager of TVET. Spurmet. Uh, Sasso, all those were. And then employers in the private sector proper, who were not part of the uh, SOEs, would know that they can recruit these people once they've gone through ESCOM and the like. Now, we don't have an intermediary. We have people who are sitters with a portfolio, a, a small bag. Lehotla uh, would say, now I'm training people on this without any experience of training anything. And we look at the, 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 the rate of unemployment of people who are from Tibet that qualified since 1990-2000 compared to those who qualified before then, you realize that they actually experience very, very high levels of unemployment. Mm. So if you don't look at the numbers, you'll always be nitpicking. You don't understand the macro processes that we are injecting through our incoherence of policies. Mm. We need coherent policies to influence ourselves differently. So we destroyed Jascom now, we, I mean, we destroyed Spuronet, we destroyed all those things. So we don't have inter, interlocate, interlocatories between uh, uh, schooling into a place of work because, uh, and the army. All those were systems that were training and ensuring that people go into industry. We don't have that now. Mm. Ishmael? Well, uh, firstly, uh, Kathy, you, you asked uh, initially about the responses that we've given to the South African Union of Students uh, f- uh, from the demands that they've made. They've made uh, f- almost 15 demands that we responded to um, in, 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 the, in the statement that uh, we have released yesterday. And um, uh, uh, through that uh, statement, you can see uh, how far uh, progress we have uh, made uh, in responding to the, the needs that the students have uh, indicated. The majority of their demands already they have been uh, progress made. Actually, in a number of them, uh, they are not new. Uh, they are systematic and we've always responded to them uh, even in previous years, uh, you know, through our negotiations with them. And we'll continue to engage them on those issues. But um, um, uh, given the, our statement, uh, there is more information to share and progress that we've made. Now, regarding the issues of the, the, the TVET colleges, I think um, uh, there is a, a, a currently a reconfiguration of our TVET sector completely uh, from from what it, 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 uh, it used to be. And, uh, and the good part of that system that uh, Dr. Lohota is talking about, uh, we, we, we want to retain it. Uh, but we have made a commitment to grow the TVET sector. Um, currently, we've got more than 50 uh, TVET uh, colleges and uh, with uh, more than 200 branches. 
And of course, the number of uh, the students that are within that sector, they are more than the ones that are in the universities. But uh, the, the good part of, of, the, of the, the changes that we've brought in is that uh, before the Tibet students were not qualifying for NSFAS, now they are currently uh, qualifying. We are working now on realigning the quantum of uh, the money that uh, the Tibet uh, students are receiving, which is a bit lesser than uh, what universities are receiving, because traditionally universities were setting uh, uh, their own uh, fees. Uh, you know, uh, to, to Ish- be, Ishma? Uh, yes, Kevin. Sorry to come in there. We're quickly running out of time. If you genuinely believe that the Department of Higher Education has been responding adequately to the calls and the concerns that are being raised by students, why are they in the streets today? Well, uh, Cathy, we, we are, you know, in, in constant uh, communication with the South African Union of Students. Uh, they sit in our meetings, in our planning meetings. We make decisions with them. Uh, they no, but, understand but why, the challenges that are there. Why are they in the streets if you uh, truly proba- believe that well, you well, have been meeting their concerns and responding adequately to them? Responding proba- adequately to them. Probably that's the question that they must answer, uh, Kathy, because uh, from what we are, where we are, um, all the issues that they've raised, we have responded to them and will continue to do so. And hence I'm saying, even the, 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 the demands that they've raised with us, we've report, we have responded to them. What now, the current situation is that when they raise an issue, uh, when we as government raise an issue of the shortfall um, in, in the first time entry student uh, in a, um, money, um, and we called them, we discussed them, cabinet pronounced on that last week. And he said, okay, now we do have uh, funds that we will, uh, you know, cater for that. Immediately the goalpost changed to completely um, make education free, let even those that are owing, uh, uh, you know, the previous uh, uh, NSFAS, uh, you know, loan scheme, not pay, everybody must have access. Uh, and that the problem is that shifting of the goalpost when we already, when we are taking a particular objective, but, but, but the policies, this is what the, policies the policies are lending themselves to goalpost shifting. The students have no tro- decision on how they get allocated funding. They don't even have a petition mandate for those decisions. Then yes, they may agree, but there is no need for students to agree to anything. What government has to do is to say once you have passed. No matter where you are, you'll get funding. And the, the, this whole thing of uh, getting student loans, when actually when they complete, they don't even get jobs. Mm. You can't say that they owe. For heaven's sake, the contradiction of policies mm. is so bad that uh, it creates conflict and conflicting processes among students. Mm. And if we can understand that the policy design must be such that it eliminates all contradictions. Then we'll be in a better space. For now, we are just precipitating the contradictions. Here's what I'm and going the to students do. will display them. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask both my guests to please uh, stay on a little bit longer with me because I think uh, this is not a good place to end this conversation. It's 11 o'clock. Utsile Saku is standing by with the latest news. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
It's 7 after 11 o'clock. Welcome to the third and final hour of the Talking Point today. Over the last half hour, very interesting conversation taking place between myself, um, the spokesperson for the Department of Higher Education, Mr. Ishmael Munisi, and Dr. Badi Lehotla, who is the former Statistician General of South Africa. So today we are still seeing students across the country taking place in what is a national shutdown. They've made a list of demands that the minister has responded to in a statement. And they believe that um, so far the answers that have come out of the department have simply not been sufficient. And um, Dr. Lehotla and Mr. Mnisi have been speaking to some of those issues. We'll also uh, then take your WhatsApp voice notes on this very subject. Before we went to break, we were speaking about the fact that if in fact the responses of the Department of Higher Education were sufficient to meet the concerns or even to address the concerns of these students, we would not be seeing the protests that exist today. And Ishmael, effectively, the sense that I got from from your answer, you are saying that you've been negotiating or you've been in conversation with students. They know that you're attending to their concerns. And I asked you, if that were the case, why are they on the streets? And you said, that's a question that effectively they must answer. Is there a sense from the department that the students do not have reason to be protesting right now? Well, firstly, Cathy, uh, uh, the, the issue of uh, the student protest, uh, we, you know, the, the, the background to it, as uh, you know, earlier on, uh, is that uh, there are, you know, engagements that are there, platforms that is created, structures that we continuously engage, uh, through their leadership on the current policy that we are having, uh, much as we 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 are of the view that and even that uh, the supports the statement that um, uh, there should be uh, the policy review. We know that uh, what the department or what is in the department capability is the implementation of government uh, policy, and uh, where uh, the government will implement a policy which has been agreed to by, by cabinet and, uh, of course, uh, with the uh, provision of the political space and discussions or discourses that takes place at the political level. Uh, and we have that responsibility to say when the policy is in front of us as administration, we therefore implement it. Now, with what we currently have and with what we have been engaging with students uh, on, uh, uh, I strongly believe that uh, uh, we sh- the students should not be protesting today, uh, given the, the understanding and the reasoning of uh, the, the issues that they have been there. Because, Kathy, I would make an example of the issues that they are raising. Uh, the issues of uh, students having, you know, final students having to receive um, their, their statements. Uh, you know, we have made provision for that, that uh, all institutions, which students can go there, they will receive um, uh, their, their statements. You know, and, and that is one of the demands that they've made last year. They are making it this year. And that provision is already there. Uh, the issues of, uh, you know, uh, demanding for uh, 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 gadgets, we are, we are addressing it, uh, you know, uh, and, and many others that um, uh, uh, they have raised. And that is why we believe that um, uh, in the 15, uh, uh, you know, issues that they've raised, 
there, there are responses uh, to it, and there is progress, noticeable progress. There is a plan that we have with the University of oh. South Africa, with representing all the university principals who are sitting there with the very same student structures uh, and the department where we agree on those processes. And I do appreciate the fact that uh, Delhota is saying that um, pro- pro- perhaps uh, they, they feel that uh, whether they agree within those processes or not, they will therefore find a way of protesting outside of the current existing processes uh, because of the policies uh, that we might be implementing. Uh, and therefore that becomes another extra uh, responsibility that uh, rests uh, elsewhere. Uh, but as, as, a, as a department, we'll continue to implement the current policy. And if the directive changes because of the political leadership, would have pronounced on it, uh, uh, and we will uh, uh, respond uh, accordingly. All right. Th- thanks. We're going to leave it there for this morning with you, Ishmael. Dr. Lehotla, when you hear that response, does it give you a sense that students are going to stop with the protests anytime soon? If the department is saying effectively, we don't know why you're out on the streets today. There's, there's nothing to be complaining about. Well, I mean, uh, the, the universities have uh, responded differentially. The University of Western Cape, uh, Pretorius, uh, Tyron, mm. says no student will be excluded. It's a bold statement. Uh, that says, well, we don't have money. And those who don't have money may not register. Mm. Now, the question is whether the policy says you'll register when you don't have money. And that cannot be left differentially to universities. Government has a responsibility, for goodness sake, to its children here in South Africa. More so that these guys who are in power were beneficiaries of bursaries. They have to know better and have a feel of how students who don't have the full spectrum of uh, finance for food, for transport, for accommodation, Mm. for books, how they actually would survive at the university. And of course they will fail because they are not provided for. I showed the numbers uh, and the Minister of of, of, of Education, Zayden Zimande, I said some nasty things about what I'm saying because he said I don't have power to deal with the consequences. Mine was to show the numbers that the education process this time around is wasteful. It registers, yes, a number of students, but they take seven years to transit through the university compared to their white counterparts who go through three years. So the policy system is so contradictory that it even becomes too extensive when actually if it was executed properly, it could still accommodate even more students. Mm. The consequences are for children who are in grade one, they are not inspired by what happens in the higher education. And if we don't understand the linkages of this in policy terms, because even now, I mean, mean, it was in the words of the Minister of uh, Education himself, saying that the high school pass rate is so low and they had catered for more. Now, why are they not providing that more to the students now? You, you see, the contradictions in policy announcements also acts one very badly because it shows that nobody actually looks at the data from the policy makers to understand what happens from 
transition to transition. Mm. And we can't tolerate a situation where year in, year out, 90% of South Africans don't achieve uh, basic education, which is there in the Constitution that uh, basic education is a a right. But 90% of the children that were born will not achieve that certificate in a reasonable way. Only 150,000 will qualify to to, to get an exemption. Mm. So if we don't look at these things comprehensively, we'll make this policy starts and stops. That don't make sense. Dr. Lekota, and this is where the problem is. Let me thank you so much for your time and for coming on to the show today. Dr. Padi Lehotla is a former statistician general of South Africa and as you can hear still very passionate about the issues that are in that face the country and getting involved in solving them. So, I uh, will wrap up this conversation here after this